0: It was a blowout in Conte Forum, but for the first time in a long time, it wasn't Boston College that was on the receiving end. All of this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. I'm also the editor and publisher of bcbulletin.com, part of the Sports Illustrated and Fan Nation Network. Check out all my work there. On today's show, we are going to get into BC trouncing Florida State 71-55. Now, let's dive into this game. Let's, let's not even get around all the other stuff. So, heading into this game, there were two major storylines that I thought would impact this. It was The injuries was the big one, right, on both sides. Now, Florida State was out... Four of their starters, but but on the other hand, Boston College was out. TJ Bickerstaff, and then about a half hour before the game, contrary to what John Rostein said, Demar Langford missed the game. Now, D- D- John Rostein, who looked like he was getting yelled at by Demar's dad on Twitter earlier, um, tweeted out that he had talked to uh, Earl Grant, which he usually does. I mean, Rostein is a guy that always talks about you know tweeting to all the coaches um, or texting the coaches. Excuse me that Grant said he was going to play. And, you know, things changed, so he didn't play. So you BC was down two. So Florida State was down four guys. BC was down two. So the injury was going to be a, definitely a factor heading into this game. Well, one team came out of the gates looking red hot, and that was not Florida State. Boston College came out scorching hot out of the gate, scoring 11 points in a row and on three three-pointers uh, from three different players. It was uh, Zachary, Mackay um, ashton Langford, and Brevin Galloway and they just went off from there. It was never a close game. I mean, Florida State had some little runs here and there, but their offense was just putrid. They shot seven they they had a they had a game, let's just say, from three-point range that reminded me of BC from some uh the pre- last previous couple of weeks where they were just putrid. They they shot 17% from three-point range and they just couldn't find the bottom of the bucket. And you know, for a team that was missing a lot of guys, they have a star, and he's a top, you know, he's a five-star recruit, and that is uh, Matt, Matt Cleveland. He went 7 of 18. So, you know, I, I get the injuries. That's obviously a big deal. But when you have a star like that playing against a team like BC who everyone just rags on for having no talent at all, you should still be able to beat them, and they couldn't do it. They, you know, every guy, like but, um, they're John Butler, one for nine, Nagam, one for three. Evans, one for five. I know he was playing Hurt, too. You know, Fletcher, their Cameron Fletcher, their starting forward, was the only guy, really, that kept them in this game. Cleveland had some hit buckets, but, man, he was he was hot and cold for, for Florida State. Then, I mean, you guys aren't here to hear about Florida State. Let's talk about BC. They played out of their minds, and who was the star of this game? It was Jaden Zachary, who was dynamic with 18 points, eight rebounds, and six assists, and only one turnover. And you watched the game, you watched what Zachary was doing out there. He looked like he was playing at a different speed than everyone else uh Florida State just looked lethargic. and I know both teams were you know coming back off of a game on Saturday but Zachary was like you know he get a rebound and he just run it up the court he you know either transition bucket or uh, set up an assist. he was four for four from three point range. He you know that first half he just set the tone and that was it. And then you know once he had set that tone, it was James Carnick in the second half that really put the game away. Because you know as bad as Florida State played, they hung around a little bit. They were able to to chip away at the lead, and you started to feel at points once they started putting that full pull, full court pressure on on BC and BC started choking the ball away. That they were they might be able to come back. They got the ball up to about twelve, but it was then James Carnick who had like two or three big dunks like uh in the second half and one of them was on a beautiful pass from Makai Ashton Langford uh who who you know he threw that he threw that pass within the tightest window you can imagine and Karnick D- D- just slammed that home and so he put the game away it was all on Karnick. uh but there were some other great performances too you know Brevin Galloway still had 14 points what stuck out to me uh in terms of just a uh, you know, a role player. Kanye Jones looked pretty good out there. He had eight points. He went two for four from three-point range, including a three-pointer at the very end of the game to kind of put it away, like, to end it. Um, it was nice to see him kind of get him, his feet underneath him. Uh, Makai ashton Langford, you know, he still he had five points. He fouled out of the game. You know, he didn't have his best game again, and but he didn't have to. You, you know, th- that's the thing with... With Mackayash ashton Langford is you don't want him to be, you don't you really don't want him to have to be your your number one scorer because it's not his he's he's a facilitator he's a guy he's a slasher you don't want him to be a volume scorer and right now he is not and, and that's great because you had Zachary do it you had Karnick do it um, there's also a great moment in this game too uh, where tempers flared up and Quinton Post got into it with uh, James Worley on uh, Florida State and. Worley took a quite the flop onto the ground but to to his credit I mean post shoved him but, but I mean it looked like he got shot the way he fell, the way he fell there um you know post he had 10 points again uh good game from him and it's an easy win for BC Florida State ha- has completely fallen off the map they showed it on the graphic during the game you know this is the team that in the beginning of January was the top team in the ACC they were number one. And then, you know, they'd beaten Duke. They had, you know, beaten UNC. They've had a whole bunch of good wins. Then the injuries hit, and it hit hard. And now they're going to possibly look at playing on Tuesday at the uh, ACC tournament. While Boston College, I'm not going to rule it out yet. I know they're like ninth or 10th right now, so they're still kind of on the bubble. But they've got some winnable games to end this season. You know, next game I believe they have is NC State, who is awful. Uh, they're the worst team in the ACC right now. And, you know, BC hopefully will get DeMar Langford back and Bickerstaff. And, you know, I, on, at this point, I don't even think Bickerstaff is honestly all that necessary with the way these other guys are playing. But it's nice to have depth. Um, but that could be a win. They get Clemson again, who they've beaten. They get they get Georgia Tech, who they've beaten. There's a possibility here, and this could be a fun storyline to follow, uh, that BC avoids that Tuesday game for the first time in what a decade um that would be huge and we talk about um indicators for for Earl Grant and what he needs you know what what do you need to see to see this team take a step forward I mean they would be that would be like eight wins in the ACC if they won that and then maybe like a ninth in the tournament that that's a that's a nice way to start uh a career off. I mean, I think Jim Christian had four or five wins his first year, but I think it's, I think it's ind- indicative, right? That this team is showing that they can be, they can win these games. And, you know, I think they could easily be Clemson and, and Georgia tech and NC state. So, uh, uh, you know, skipping that Tuesday game, that's, that's a huge, that would be a huge step in the right direction for this program and, and set them up with guys like Prince of who's coming in next year, who I just posted on our Twitter page, had 32 points for his team and, on, and they're a very good team. He had 32 points for them and Donald Hand, I've been posting about him, they're getting some good scores coming in and that's exactly what this team needs to go along with some of these other guys. Um, so, you know, this is the, this is a chance for Boston College to build that momentum going into 2022 and you you got to take advantage of games like this, right? Florida State was hurt. They're a mess right now and it's, you know, it's injuries and you know, Leonard Hamilton's a great coach. He's, he's doing the best with what he's got. But you got to take advantage. you got to win those games, and that's exactly what BC did this week. So good game, good win, and it feels it must feel good to get out of that loss column for the first time in two weeks. Now, in a moment, I'm going to switch it up and talk a little football news as Boston College went for a wide receivers coach that I had no clue that they were even looking at. Now, football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Head on over to BetOnline where the game starts. All right, this is AJ Black. I am the editor and publisher of bcbulletin.com. Thank you all for listening. If you've made this your first listen every single day, I want to thank each and every one of you. You guys are awesome. I I mean, the fans that listen to the show, you've made yourself known to me. You've reached out to me on Twitter, social media. Thank you, every one of you. I hope you enjoy this. I try to make it fun. I try to make it informative for you so that you get all your Boston College news and you guys have... Uh, that do this every single day and listen to it. You mean a lot to me. You really do. So, uh, this is uh, talking a little bit about coaching as Boston College football has reportedly ended their coaching shuffling. So earlier this year, we lost uh, Boston College lost John McNulty. Uh, sorry, they lost Frank Signetti. Their offensive coordinator replaced him with John McNulty, the tight ends coach from Notre Dame. They also lost Matt Applebaum, their offensive line coach, the Miami Dolphins. He was replaced by Dave DiGuglielmo, uh, a longtime uh, offensive line coach who was with Louisiana Tech but had a whole bunch of experience at the NFL level. The other coach that left was Joe Daly, their wide receiver coach, uh, formerly of St. Peter's Prep. He ended up with the Carolina Panthers on Matt Rule's staff. And I had been saying all along that I expected Richie Gannell possibly to move over to wide receivers. They're going to move Savant Huggins to running backs coach. And I, I again, I, I, if you go back, you can listen to me say it. I said I had no people telling me this. This is just based off of my intuition. Boston College went in a completely different direction, and they hired Daryl Wyatt, the off uh, wide receivers coach for from UCF. Now, when you follow Jeff Hathley's coaching searches, for the most part. You'd assume that most of them have had connections with him, but we've seen now two in a row that don't have any connection with him. Dave Dave Googs, or I think he goes by Googs now, Dave DeGuglielmo, their offensive line coach, and Daryl Watt have, I cannot find any connection with him and Halfley. Uh, Watt, well, sorry, Daryl Wyatt, excuse me, has been with UCF for the last four years, and he's had a ton of experience with some really good wide receivers, including um, Ryan O'Keefe, who had 84 receptions and he had uh three, you know Wyatt had three of the best offenses uh passing offenses in 19 2019 and 2020 and he worked with Gabriel Davis if you if you watched the Buffalo Bills this uh, postseason, you saw how good he is Marlon Williams another good wide receiver so he's got a really good pedigree just one pedigree that I mean it doesn't match Anything Boston College has, he's originally from Texas. His coaching uh, resume is scattered all through schools that have nothing to do with the ACC, including Kansas, Texas, Oklahoma State, Houston, Arkansas State, UCF, Oklahoma, Kansas. And he's and but you know, halfway's got his guys again. Someone with a smattering of NFL experience. He was an intern uh, for the Eagles, Broncos, and Bucks. And was a wide receivers coach for the Vikings. Though I, I looked, it was 2006, I was like, is he was he with Randy Moss? He just missed him by a year or two. So um, he does have NFL experience as well. I mean, I, he's got a good pedigree. I, anyone who has coached at Oklahoma, Texas, even UCF. I mean, you've seen, you know, he's been around, you know, both Gus Melzon Josh Weeple. He's got a, you know, a good resume on some really, really good teams. He knows how to win. He's got some good wide receivers that have come through his program. No huge red marks on his resume. I can't complain. Um, It'll be interesting to see what they use him to recruit for, though, because, you know, uh, Joe Daly was normally the New Jersey guy. He was northern New Jersey. This guy, you know, uh, Darryl Wyatt, is from Texas. He's not a Jersey dude. So, that's usually Vince Ogibase's, uh region. Vince, Coach Vince, has been uh, mostly a Texas guy. They're really gonna pound Texas now with two different guys that have that experience. Um, that'll be interesting to see. Um, it's a good hire. I like it. It's a little outside the box in terms of what Boston College is used to doing, and I think that's good. I don't like BC just going with you know young guys like Matt Applebaum was good. At times, but like he wasn't proven. So, what do they do? They went out and they got a guy, Dave DeGuglielmo, who had NFL experience. He's a Super Bowl champion. I mean, he's got a pedigree. Daryl Wyatt has a pretty good pedigree himself. Like, it's not as good as that, but again, it's, I think it's a step up from, uh, um, so from Joe Daly in terms of his pedigree. He's also been an offensive coordinator for Texas, he was a co offensive coordinator for Texas. And so, he's got, Everything that you would look for. Uh, and that should be it for Boston College. Unless Boston College somehow gets poached again, and the coaching searches right now, it's still anything could still happen. But the NFL is basically wrapping up a lot of their positional tires and things like that at this point. So I don't think you'll see anyone leave. But, you know, Azar Abdul Rahim is a name. I saw floated for Rutgers for their off, def- off uh, Sorry, secondary coach. That's not happening. I saw both Rutgers two four seven and rivals say that that's gonna that would be he would be like their top choice. Um, from things that I've heard, I know I, I've heard that BC pays better. Uh, he's got a promotion. He's the assistant head coach at BC. He wouldn't be that under Greg Schiano. I don't think they'd just bring in a new coach and make him associate head coach. Uh, So he's not going anywhere. Rutgers, some Rutgers folks have a very inflated self-worth, and especially with Shiano back, they think that this program is above everyone else. He's not going to Rutgers. They'll get a good hire, I'm sure. They're doing a nice job. They're just not going to get AAR. So he's the only name that I've heard floated recently, uh, but it's not realistic. And so I think BC's done in terms of losing coaches. I think this is it. So they lost three. They got some new guys in. It's going to be a whole new look on that offense. It'll be interesting to see with Djokovic and, and, and Zay and Jalen Gill and all these, you know, some of these other returners, Pat Garwo and that new look offensive line. It's going to be a lot of changes and this spring practice. is going to be so interesting to watch and get, get, get a hold of things. They'll, as I said, don't get too excited about it. Both Halfley and McNulty both said basically they're not going to show much in the spring games. And practices are pretty much close to the media anyways. And I can't report any of it, even if I can go. So um, you're, we're sworn to secrecy about like what, what we see. Uh, but it will should be interesting heading into you know September's game against Rutgers. So in a moment, I want to talk a little bit about BC's new NIL deal. And I think it's going to be something that Boston College fans are going to like to hear about in terms of BC becoming competitive in that market. But before we do that, let me tell you a little bit about RockAuto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questions And we, while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer? Choosing only the brand there warehouse happens carry you have computers you can ha- access rockauto.com and save you'll save time and money when you use rockauto.com why spend 30 50 or even 100 percent more the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you can head to rock auto a family business and save for every customer? They have an easy-to-use catalog that you just make your make, put your make and model in, boom, they'll tell you what they have, whether it's brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet. So just go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And make sure to write "Locked On" in there. How did how did you hear about us, box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, of reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black. The world of NIL, or name, image, and likeness, has been the talk of college sports for the last year and a half, and Boston College has been pretty much in the forefront of, you know, not falling behind in the ter- in terms of, um, you know, getting their athletes where they want to be, but. Not really, you're not being a leader at, at that yet. You know, you've seen some of these schools, like obviously, like Bryce Young was a big one, where he apparently made about a million dollars before he even walked on campus. You're seeing all these other big deals that some of these schools are getting, whether it's the Beats by Dre, um, almost million dollar Deal that Caleb Williams just got with USC to some of the other uh, smaller deals that even like fried chicken or fried food down south with some of the athletes that they've been um, or barbecue that they've been doing with some of these recruits and and commits. So Boston College has had some of that. You've seen a little bit with like Brevin Galloway. I saw him uh, putting some stuff up and some smaller stuff as well. But Boston College announced a new initiative that I thought was really interesting, uh, and it's a Partnership with the Brander Group launch um, for group licensing for student athletes. And now this was announced late last week. And Brander allows for students uh, the collective use of student athletes NIL and licensing and marketing programs co-branded with the BC logos and marks. Students athletes will have the option to voluntarily join a group licensing program. The branding group, uh, Brander Group, will facilitate group licensing opportunities on behalf of the student athletes. So. All of that. What does that mean? With no specific timeline, this could mean certain things such as um, inclusion in trading card programs, video games, and co-branded jerseys that would include the student-athlete's name and number, as well as Boston College trademarks and logos. So... A few things in that I thought were really important. First of all, video games, which we knew were going to come. You know, we're waiting still for EA to to create that new college football game, and that's going to get all of the athletes paid. Any athlete that's in that because of the O'Bannon lawsuit, they're going to get paid, and that's good, right? That's going to be that's just across the board for any school that has that. But this will help with that too. But the, the bigger one that I thought was really interesting on here was the jerseys. So basically what they're saying with co-branded jerseys is basically BC is partnering with the athletes and they're going to probably take the cut because this is a business, of course. Um, but athletes will be able to sell their jerseys now. So you could go uh, to a BC football game, say go to the Rutgers game, and in, the, the, um, in Campanella Way, you could get jerseys for Phil Jakovic or Zay Flowers and you can get it with their name and number. Now, for years, you know, they kind of hedged it a little bit. You know, they'd have number 12 when, when Matt Ryan was there, but it would never say Matt Ryan and he'd never see a cut of it. Now those guys are going to get some money out of this. And this this seems like a simple thing, but not every school has this. Some of them have it. I I saw a Clemson fan, or uh, writer saying that Clemson doesn't have this yet. So, and the way Dabo talks, it might be a while. Um, but, you know, this is a big deal because you wanna do the little things right first, right? For this whole NIL situation, just being able to sell your own jersey, to say to, to recruits, right? You're gonna to say to CJ Burton, a four star, or, or any of these big guys that are coming in, hey, we're a school where you can come in, if you do a great job, you can sell your jersey and you can make money off of this. Easy first start right there, a way to market them. And all these other smaller programs that they're doing, all build up to being able to market recruits and put Boston College at a better spot. Now, is this going to be the same as paying Bryce uh, Young a million dollars or Caleb Williams a deal for beat by Dre? No. But if you're really thinking Boston College is going to be a team that's going to um, fight in that market, you're delusional. I mean, I don't know what else to say. They're not going to do it. It's never going to be that way here but you can still get solid to good recruits and get those guys because BC has never been in the in the blue chip market. They have never, ever, ever. I mean, everyone still talks about Brian Toll, and that was 20 years ago. That was the last blue chip recruit BC has ever gotten. Okay? So BC is going to continue to build the way that they have. They can still continue to improve on their recruiting. And to do that, they have to really build their NIL program, and doing something simple like this is a good way to start. So just a really small thought. So thank you all for listening. This is AJ Black. You can catch us tomorrow's show. We'll talk more about all the news breaking in BC sports. Follow us on Twitter at LockedOnBC. You can follow me on Twitter at AJBlack__BC. Thank you all for listening, and check us out on YouTube at on Boston College. Take care, everyone.